So number one is what I call CEO power hour. And basically that's a one hour time. It's a recurring time on your calendar once a week. That's non-negotiable. Meaning nothing else goes on top of that unless there's a life disaster, right? Mm. And so you have that one hour time. Doesn't matter if it's Monday morning, Friday afternoon, Sunday night, whatever works for your schedule. But it's a one hour time when you are focusing on reviewing and reflecting what's happened in your business for the past week and also setting up what your three priorities are mm. for the week ahead. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we get to speak with Donna Dubé. She is a certified director of operations and business growth strategist who works with established online service-based business owners who are ready to make a bigger impact and maximize their profit. By leveraging their time, talent, and tactics, Donna helps business owners go from solopreneur to confident CEO without sacrificing their life, health, or relationships. Donna shares her unique journey from working in the medical field to homeschooling her children and ultimately diving into the world of business. She discusses the challenges she faced and how she found the balance between work and family life. Donna reveals valuable insights on time management, delegation, and scaling your business effectively. If you're an entrepreneur looking to regain control of your time and accelerate your business growth, this episode is a must listen. Tune in now and discover the secrets to success. Donna, thank you so much for taking the time and being a guest on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Donna, let's take a walk down memory lane and rediscover your origin story. What got you started and what it is that you do today? Mm, yes. So probably like many entrepreneurs and many guests you have on your podcast, I have a very wavy path, not a straight and narrow path. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I actually started my career as a nurse and I worked in ICU nurse for quite a few years, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed working with the patients. I enjoyed working with the families, but I found the shift work a little bit difficult, especially mm -hmm. once I started to have children. So once our, we grew our family, I was finding the, the nights a bit difficult. And so wanted to make a change. At that time, my kids were not quite school age yet, mm -hmm. but heading that way. I decided to stop and actually take care of them at home. And then I homeschooled them for a good portion of their education. So nice. that was a big endeavor for sure. But again, one I would not regret by any means. And then once they got older, I was again looking for where do I fit? Where's my space in this world? And I've always been a manager, project manager from that side of thing. Mm. I always like to plan things. I've always liked to have everything in line beforehand. You won't catch me just spontaneously packing a bag and going on a holiday without knowing exactly the agenda, right? And so I got into online work in terms of being a project manager. So coming in, especially in online businesses and helping them manage a certain project. And that was great, but I found that I wanted to dive deeper. And so with the entrepreneurs I was working with, was helping them with that project, but there was so much more going on in their business mm -hmm. that I wanted to dive into. And so I um, moved more into operations and then really helping them with their operations on the back end, because so many are focused on the front end, the marketing, the sales, the client delivery, 
But you get to a point in your business where your revenue plateaus and it's hard to grow faster without Mm. fixing that back end and having those systems and those processes set up. And so that's where I've landed. So now I work uh, full time helping clients leverage three things, their time, their talent and their tactics in order to grow their business without working 24 seven, because I too was down that journey. So when I first started my business, I was working nonstop. Mm. It was good. I was enjoying it. I didn't see any major problems, but my family were like, mom, when are we going to do? Now, my husband's, are we going to have any time? Mm -hmm. We never see you anymore. Right. Um, And so for me, I was feeling fine. I was enjoying it, but I could tell it was affecting my family. And it was really just a wake up call um, from my husband saying, listen, something's going to break. And so you need to make a change before this break happens. And I didn't like it too much when he told me that, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because of course. I, I was enjoying what I was doing. Yeah. But I did take it seriously and I had to do a lot of reflection and a lot of learning, a lot of growing to be saying, okay, how can I run this business without being in there 24 seven? I love that journey of going from that solopreneur. Oh, I can do everything. And this is lots of fun. But then we realized that we, there's other people other important people in our lives that also deserve our time, right? Our, our yes. kids, our, our spouses and our family, because they love us and they want to spend time with us. And not just we're working on this uh, project or this uh, business or, or this hobby of ours where we're not giving them the due time that they also deserve. So I love yes. that so much because you realize, and of course there has to be somebody from the outside telling us, Hey, Can you like course correct just a teeny bit? Because I know you love this. Make this a little bit better. Yes, yes, for sure. And so many of us get into this because we look for freedom, Mm -hmm. right? It's not normally financial freedom. Yeah, that's a bonus. If we get growing, we can make more than if we were working for another company. Yeah. For a lot of us, it's the time freedom. It's the flexibility, right? It's to have that control, but then we give it away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. You find the time freedom and then we manage to fill up that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Something that a home organizer said that anytime you find a free or open, nice, clean desk, guess what's going to happen? It's going to start piling up stuff on it. <laughs> Pretty soon, you don't have a place to sit down to eat your breakfast or lunch or dinner. Yes, it's true. Right. And I found for me personally, it took a lot of, like I say, reflection and learning, but it was really honing in on where and what I'm doing with my time. Right. Okay. I'm working this number of hours, but what am I really doing each Mm -hmm. hour? What am I really doing each half hour? Right. And then really asking myself, is that CEO level work? Because I'm looking to run a business. So for me, it was really about, again, reflection and looking at exactly what I was doing in my day. So yes, I was spending X amount of hours working, but what exact things was I doing? Mm -hmm. And really asking myself, writing those out and then saying, were those really growth level tasks? Were those really tasks to move my business forward? Because here I am as founder and leader, I'm CEO of this business, but what I'm doing does not reflect that. Mm -hmm. I'm in Canva fiddling with a graphic. I'm in lead pages setting up this. Why am I doing that? And so really being able to reflect on that and then saying, no, these are tasks that I can delegate or possibly automate some things. And the third thing was some things I just needed to pause 
Because when I looked at the data, I was doing this thing because I should, or somewhere along the way, I thought it was good to do for my business. But when I look at the data, it wasn't bringing me a return on investment. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to look at those things and say, listen, I can pause these things. That'll give me back some time. I can delegate some things and I can set up some automations with all the software tools that we have to make things easier. That's so true. And sometimes it's harder to let go of those things that we do, right? Because we know this is the best way to do it. And we want other people to do it the same way. But sometimes you just need to tell them, hey, here's the outcome I'm looking for. Do it however you would do it. And it's on you. So you're basically empowering them and giving them responsibility to be able to deliver what we think or what we want the outcome to be. Yes. And I think you hit a good point there, which is you need to tell them what the expectations of what success looks like. So we say, okay, Sally Sue, I want you to do X, Y, Z. This is what success looks like. Mm. Let them find their way to get there. Yes. You're going to give them access to some tools and some things. I'm just going to send them to the wolves, but letting them know what success looks like really helps because then when you come back and give feedback, you're both being objective and saying, okay, this is what I wanted. This is what I got. Here's the gap. I love that so much. So as you went from solopreneur to becoming your own CEO and bringing the team around you to make that possible, what are some of the things that you're helping others do uh, in increasing that bottom line? So I think one of the big things is to remember we can start small. So if you don't have any team members right now, not even an independent contractor working five hours a week, Mm -hmm. you can start there. You don't need to rush out and hire someone full time. Yeah. Start small. Look at what are five or six things that I could have a team member do that would fit together in a job description as one role that would take five hours a week, right? Mm -hmm. Pay them hourly, have them track their time. Meet with them so they're aware of what you want done and when the deadlines are, that kind of thing. But you can start small. You don't have to go big. And that's what I did at the beginning. And then as found someone and was working with them, then we can slowly increase the tasks. You find out more about what that person is good at and what they like Mm -hmm. doing. And then you can say, oh, I could pass off this or I could pass off that. But it's really taking that first step into the water. That's the hardest sometimes. And really, it's a mindset shift of saying. It is. I can do these things, but I believe that there's someone in this world that can do them better than me because this isn't my own genius, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes most, most of the times why people don't go and hire somebody is because it costs money, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know if I want to give $200, $300, $400 a month to somebody else doing the same thing that I can do. But what they don't realize is that your time is more valuable than the money that you're making. Again, in the beginning, you might not be making any money and you're just getting started, which is totally fine to do it on by yourself. Mm -hmm. But then if you can find enough clients to support expanding your team, you're going to grow much faster. Yes, totally agree. And I've actually had to sit down with CEOs and say, okay, how much is your hourly rate? So they give me what the hourly rate is. Okay. And yesterday you spent an hour doing whatever it is, right? So that cost you your business, your hourly rate times that one hour. 
if it was three hours, it's three times your hourly rate. What mm. happens if you hired a contractor for $30 an hour? Yeah. Big difference between your hourly rate and the, and and the contractor, right? Yeah. Um, and once they get into the flow and they get into it because it's something that they enjoy doing and it's their skill, it can happen faster than the hour it took you to do it. Mm-hmm. That's a really excellent example. And it's a it's an example that I also resonate with in the book by Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. Mm-hmm. And he one of his clients is a CEO who makes a thousand bucks an hour. And he spent 11 hours trying to figure out how to assemble and put this printer together. And he still wasn't able to figure it out. So he ended up hiring somebody for $100 an hour who was able to fix that problem within the hour. Yes. So he wasted $11,000 when he could have just spent $100 to fix that issue. Yes. Yes. And I know for some people, it's a bit of a trust because, well, this is my business. This is my baby. I'm opening myself up. I'm becoming vulnerable. But again, you get to share the pieces of your business that you want to share, right? You have a new independent contractor coming. You don't need to share your revenue. You don't need to share your expenses. Um, Yes. You want to share your vision. You want to share your mission so they know what the business is about and where you're headed. That, of course, is important, but they don't need to get into your QuickBooks. And I love that so much because when I was starting, or this was maybe years and years ago now, I would always say to myself, I wish I could clone myself, somebody mm-hmm. who could do exactly what I can do. And then I discovered the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and it yes. threw me for a loop of wait. How are they trusting somebody else? If you have a clone of yourself, you have to trust that clone, right? But then you have this assumption that they know exactly that all the things that you do but then sometimes that's a problem because sometimes you don't want to do the work and maybe your clone doesn't want to do the work and you end up doing all the work so finding the best people at the tasks that you're looking to do i think is the best route to do it and sometimes it might take a time right so do you have some tips on how or where people can go to start mm-hmm. finding the right people Yeah, for sure. So I strongly believe that hiring for values is more important than hiring for skills. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is be crystal clear on what your business's values are, what your mission is and where you're headed and make that clear right from the get go. So that should be in the job description that should be in the ad that you put up when you're looking for someone, even if it's five hours a week, Mm -hmm. because when you have someone who's aligned with you in their values They've got that same headspace, right? You can easily teach them the skill of clicking here and moving that over there. That can be taught easily, but you can't teach values. You can't change a person's intrinsic way of doing things, right? So really hiring right from the get-go. So it's clear in the job description. And why you put it there is that when potential candidates are reading, they're going to either feel attracted or repelled. If you have that there, just like the way you do your messaging, when you're selling something, Mm. you're trying to hone in on your ideal client, right? And your avatar and what their pain point is. So you'll start repelling people who don't fit with your organization. And then again, when you get to the job interview stage, you're again going to have questions in there about values, right? So you've got a couple of hits along the way so Mm. that you can make sure this person's value does align with mine. And I love that so much because... When you have those values in place, and that's something that I've listened to that a lot, having core values in your company, having core values in your business and your product offerings, 
but I didn't connect the dots of, hey, when I'm hiring somebody, they should meet, they should know what these values are so that they can resonate with me and understand where I come from, what my background is and what I strongly feel about versus against. Yes, yes, 100%. And I'll just give you an example. I've said already that I'm a planner. And so I like to plan things ahead of time. I would like to be further ahead than most CEOs would like to yeah. be because for a lot of the CEOs I work with, they're visionaries. Oh, I got this brilliant idea yesterday in the shower. Let's implement it like yesterday. And so sometimes uh-huh. there's some friction there. Yeah. But when they understand that, yes, that's a good idea, but our team currently is working on these other projects. Are right. we going to pull them away from that to do this? We can iron that out. But if I'm interviewing or meeting with someone and they're perpetually last minute. That's the space they like to be in. That's how they Mm. operate. Then I'm going to think twice about having a deep relationship with them because that's not how I work. 100%. Man, I like that so much. This is making a lot of sense and why it, and how you put it together. It's beautiful because you've gone through the steps. You've helped other CEOs understand, hey, this is what's going to make your life, your health and relationship better because you're not no longer sacrificing your time. You're no longer doing everything. You're bringing in the right people for the right job. Yes. Yes. Oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. go for it. There you go. Yeah. The um, entrepreneurial operating system is uh, very popular these days. And I do like certain pieces of it. Mm-hmm. And they have a tool called the right people, right seats. And it's so useful. You can download it for free from their Mm -hmm. website, but it really does help you to look at, do I have the right people in my company for where I want the company to go? And are they in the right positions? Because so often we bring someone in and especially at the beginning, that role changes and evolves over time. And so what we brought them in for maybe is something different than what they're doing today. Yeah. And it might not match their skill set hundred percent. So taking that time at least annually, if not twice a year, taking the time to evaluate, do I have the right people in the right seats? Man, I love that because how my journey started was really interesting. I brought on somebody and they're like, hey, I can do all of these things. I was like, how about you do this one thing that I want implemented? Mm -hmm. And they did an excellent job. So, okay, this is good. I got what I asked for. And then I asked, I started training them and I started asking more things around what it is that was going to benefit the podcast, the system. And it's really important to having that person be coachable and also have the mindset of growth and, and continually improving. And I love that about the team member that I brought on because mm-hmm. as somebody who's editing podcasts, you have to listen to the conversations we're having, right? So she got to listen to all these growth mindset concepts and growth mindset conversations, and it's helped her become the person who she is and be able to launch her own business and launch her own production services. Beautiful. Nice. Yes, yes. And see, that's so good to see that yeah. you you brought on someone to help you, and then that has also helped grow, which is wonderful. Yeah. Donna, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, you'll share three hacks that CEOs can implement in their businesses so that they can live a better life. Are you ready to amplify your business? SPI Pro is your gateway to elevate your entrepreneurial journey. 
offering cutting-edge education, immersive training, and interactive collaborations. Whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro, SPI Pro is the community for you, providing you access to professional networking and advice to accelerate your growth. To join, head on over to hacksandhobbies.com forward slash SPI Pro. Join SPI Pro and transform your unique journey into a success story. Again, head on over to hacksandhobbies.com forward slash SPI Pro. Hey guys, welcome back. We've been talking with Donna Dube, the CEO Whisperer. I'm just going to call you that. I don't know if everybody, anybody has ever called you that, but I think that is an apt. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing what you've been able to do for yourself and for the clients that you worked with. And you've got some amazing hacks for us to listen to and implement in our lives. So let's jump right into those. Yeah. So number one is what I call CEO power hour. And basically that's a one hour time. It's a recurring time on your calendar once a week. That's non-negotiable. Meaning nothing else goes on top of that unless there's a life disaster. Right. Mm. And so you have that one hour time. Doesn't matter if it's Monday morning, Friday afternoon, Sunday night, whatever works for your schedule, but it's a one hour time when you are focusing on reviewing and reflecting what's happened in your business for the past week, and also setting up what your three priorities are mm. for the week ahead. So you're designing those three priorities based on your goals. And what I like to do is think about it in 90 days, because thinking about whole 12 months at a time becomes oh overwhelming, God. right? If we yeah. break that down into, I've got my 90 day goals, what do I need to do this week to take me one step closer to reaching those goals? And then making sure I have time on my calendar to do those three priorities. So that's your power hour, non-negotiable, has to happen every week. And then the second one is called scheduling ninja. And so it's really just looking at your calendar and making it work for you mm -hmm. rather than against you. And so many of us, when we start our business, we just open the calendar. Anybody can book anything at any time because we want to be flexible. We're trying to right. get clients in, yeah. but there comes a point when that's not working for you and you mm -hmm. are now being reactive to everyone else's needs instead of proactive to what you need. And so really setting up, take a blank calendar. What do I need for family time or personal time? If you like to get a massage every third Friday, put that in the calendar. Yes, please. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so whatever family time or personal time you need, block that off. Secondly, block off the hours in which you're going to be open, meaning the times when your clients and your team can find you and expect to get a response from you. And then within that time when you're open, set some major times of blocking time of things you have to work on. What things? I have so many things to work on. If we think about it, we can really narrow our business down to three main systems that have to keep rolling continuously. Marketing, sales, and delivery. Yeah. So if you have set time on your calendar each week to work on those three systems, you'll see a big advantage. And then my third hack is your to-do list. I like to approach the to-do list from a strategic perspective. So you've got this big long list. Some of us say, I'm gonna start at the top and see how much I can crank out in the next hour, right? Or you may pick the things that you enjoy doing and you like doing first. 
neither of those two options are really being strategic as a CEO. Mm. What you want to be doing is saying, what things on my list do I have to do because I'm a CEO and are bringing me a return on investment? And those are the things you should be tackling first on your list. So those are my three hacks. Power yeah, hour, I'll... scheduling ninja, and to-do list. I like that so much. Thank you so much, Donna, for sharing the three hacks. They're absolutely actionable right now because we're all living in this fast-paced world where you don't know what you're going to do the next hour, or you maybe you do, but you want to be better prepared for the days to come or the weekend to come. You always plan for the weekend, but do you plan for the week? Right. So I think this is enabling them to plan for the week. Yes. So that your business. Yes. And there's a quote by Brian Tracy who said that if you spend an hour planning, that saves you 10 hours of implementing. Who doesn't want an extra 10 hours in their week from planning for one hour, right? Amen. I love that. I called you the CEO whisperer. There's that called Manfred. He's written a book, but he talked about meditations on leadership, life, and change. I think you can also be the man the CEO whisperer from the perspective that you bring from this interview and all that you've done over the past few years. So thank you so Mm -hmm. much again for coming on to the podcast. Now we go into the rapid hour question. Yes. Sorry, the rapid fire questions. Number one, exploring uncharted territories. Name a hobby that you've always wanted to dive into but haven't yet and why. Mm -hmm. Mm, Okay. So the hobby that I had when I was younger that I dropped and I wish I had kept up with Mm. was um, playing a musical instrument. As a very young child, my parents decided to have piano lessons and I wasn't Mm -hmm. really that enthused with the piano lesson, to be honest with you, but I went and we did it. But then when I got to high school age, I really enjoyed playing the trumpet and I wished that was something that I kept up in my life because I've tried to pick it up now, but Mm. not the same. same. (laughs) So I do very much enjoy going to listen when people are playing live music. It's relaxing. It's entertaining for me. And when I see that, I wish I'd still like to be a part of that. I want to go back up there. Yeah. I resonate with that. I wish I'd learned how to play the guitar properly, Mm. but I never really got too far because I was like, oh, maybe I need to need a right-handed guitar as opposed to be the left-handed. But that wasn't the case because I just needed to practice more. Uh But what I did do a lot more was sing in the band. So that was something that I I enjoyed and I still do every once in a while when you get a chance. Yes. And that's how I get this podcast voice, right? (laughs) Yes. 100%. Yeah. All right. Next up. Rewinding time. What childhood dream job did you aspire to and how does it contrast with your current career? Mm, Interesting. So I actually wanted to be a pathologist when I was younger. So I had the chance to go to a hospital and actually get into the pathology department and see how they were doing things. And I was really fascinated by the fact that we could learn so much by someone who has died to be able to help others. So we, the facts and the information that we can get from someone else's misfortune, we could use then to prevent others. And so that's where I wanted to go, but life throws its curveballs and I didn't end up yeah, going there. I did go into nursing, so I was still in the medical field from that Very perspective. Close. But um, nice. 
Yes. Nice. All right. And let's jump to the next one. From screen to life, can you share a movie or TV show that entertains you and offers a lesson that resonates with your life or career journey? Mm, yes. Okay. I'm not big on movies and TV, to be honest with you. I do spend quite a time, bit of time reading. Mm -hmm. So I have two books that I frequently return to. Um, one is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I just so resonate with the, the golden nuggets in his mm -hmm. book, both for business, but also for personal life. Yeah. So many of his quotes I read and they just hit me and I'm like, oh, that's just so true. And so that's really helped me to grow and change and inspire me to get better from him. And then, of course, from the operations side, I've really enjoyed the book Traction in terms of the business sense and how mm. we set up our business and how we move forward from that sense. I love it. Next up, imagining yourself on the silver screen. If you could embody a character from any movie, who would it be? And how does this character's journey mirror or contrast with your own? I know you mentioned that you don't watch movie or TV shows, but I'm sure that this might have an answer for us. Yes, yes. It's funny, but I, I would say Superwoman, just being that I've been presented with many different things in my life and yeah. thankfully have been given some talents to be able to learn how to do things and move forward. And so I'm just happy that I've been exposed to so many things and then can use that skill in different ways. So yeah, superwoman. <laughs> that kind of answers the next question. Navigating through the world of superheroes, who's your mm -hmm. favorite? Is there a particular trait they possess that you wish to embody? Yes, yes. So I just think being able to solve problems when they come at you is something that I really work on. Mm -hmm. It's something I enjoy doing, but being able to just get in there, whether it's my own problem, a client's problem, a friend's problem. But I think problem solving is a skill that I really inspire to work towards. And I feel like many of those superheroes, they have super <laughs> capabilities that help yeah. them to solve them, but that's what they do, right? That's exactly what they do. That's so true. All right. Next up, if your career or person journey if your career or personal journey was a board game, which one would it be and why? Good question. I think I would go with a strategic board game. Again, I've said that I very much like to look at the data and the metrics. I'm not one to make a subjective decision. Something like chess, where you have mm. to be working out what the next steps are ahead of time is where I like to sit. I like it. Thank you so much, Donna, for your time, your energy, your wisdom, and the hacks that you've shared with the audience today. Where can my audience find you? Yeah, so they can find me at my website, which is ceoamplify.ca. And if anyone wants to grab that CEO Power Hour, it's right there on the website. They can download nice. it. And it's just a free resource to help you walk through how do I set up a Power Hour if that's something you want to do in your business. I love it. Thank you so much, Donna. And until the next episode, we'll catch you soon. Thank you. Congratulations. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hacksandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.